from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. The uh, suspension of Khilafat uh, non-cooperation movement had resulted in uh, great communal tensions. A lot of uh, hate literature was being produced by both sides about each other and Premchand was extremely upset about it and along the Gandhian line he wanted to achieve communal harmony and uh, his literary activism inspired him to use literature as a tool to uh, forge communal harmony. He saw literature as a as a, as an important tool through which he could you know do something to remove uh, misunderstandings about uh, you know in communities about each other it was when communal clashes began in the 1920s that one of india's greatest authors decided to do something about it as our guest on today's show explained premchand whose real name was dhanpatrai shivastav decided to write a play in 1923 the play was titled karbala Professor Nishad Zaidi explains why Karbala has deep meaning for the Muslim community. When we say Karbala, one is referring to the Battle of Karbala that took place in our 61st year of Hijri calendar, that is uh, uh, in the 7th century, uh, when the uh, forces of um, uh, Umayyad Caliph Yazid, uh, they surrounded Husayn ibn Ali, uh, the grandson of Prophet, uh, in the battlefield of Karbala. And Husayn, Imam Husayn was there with just a... Um, small contingent of his family and friends of 72 people and uh, the uh, 30000 horsemen of yazid surrounded him and in that uh, very brief event from starting from the uh, you know in the morning and it ended around the afternoon all the male members of the uh, contingent of the imam were killed and only the women and the children remained who were also then badly treated and imprisoned But the story isn't just about the killing of Hussein who was Prophet Muhammad's grandson. The story itself was also a lesson about the moral core of a religion and its followers. In today's episode, Professor Nishad Zaidi is talking about the Premchand play and how the legendary writer did his best to make it something that would unite the two divided communities. Professor Nishad, who teaches at the Jamia Millia Islamia University in Delhi, has come up with the first English translation of the play which has been published by the Oxford University Press. Now back to the tale of Karbala as professor Nishat explained Hussein was killed by the emperor Yazid but why would an emperor kill the grandson of the prophet who founded the religion that he followed himself Yazid uh, demanded allegiance from the imam when he declared himself uh, the caliph after the death of his father Muawiya he was the earlier the governor of Syria and he had declared himself the uh, the caliph So after his death, Yazid uh, uh, was nominated by his father, which was a violation of the earlier treaty uh, that uh, his father had had with uh, uh, Imam Hussain's brother, uh, uh, Imam Hassan. So um, when Hussain refused to uh, give allegiance, and Hussain's reasons for not uh, pledging allegiance to Yazid were not personal, these were based on his uh, uh, moral character and his faith in justice, which he uh, was convinced that Yazid would not be able to deliver because he was a debauched character. 
he was given to alcohol he was given to all kinds of bad practices and he had a you know his weakness of character was very well known he was uh, cruel so because yazid uh, was not fit to be the um, to be the caliph husain refused to pledge allegiance to yazid and he uh, he offered to migrate to another place but uh, uh, yazid would not accept that so as in the opening scene of the play one of the um, uh, commanders of yazid tells him that it doesn't matter whether husain pledges allegiance to you or not as long as husain survives you will not be able to rest because it's the fear of that moral strength of the character of imam which will keep worrying yazid and yazid wanted to get rid of that at the time premchand decided to write the play he was upset that magazine seemed to be focused on things other than what was taking place in india professor nishad says that premchand believed that writers of the time had to do much more Premchand had great conviction that literature must refer to the social conditions and the political conditions. It was this that had brought him to writing in Hindi and also castigating the editors of Urdu magazines and journals who wallowed in the world of dastan and the you know poetry of love etc. Because he believed that the need of the hour under the colonial regime was to to uh, you know to make literature politically charged uh, and these are the sentiments that he expressed when he spoke in the inaugural of uh, uh, you know progressive writers meeting where he declared that hame hame khoobsurti ka meyar badalna hoga we need to change the parameters of beauty premchand was hardly politically neutral and had been very influenced by the campaigns being headed by gandhi at the time it was a highly politically charged context you know gandhian movement was at its peak so many uh, events you know uh, from um Uh, from khilafat non cooperation movement that had happened from 1919 to 1920 and had to be called off uh, finally civil disobedience movement 1921 chori chora violence which led to the suspension of non cooperation movement in 1922 so all these especially khilafat and non cooperation they had a deep impact on the psyche of premchand especially because premchand was deeply influenced by gandhi and gandhian ideology and gandhian politics and when gandhi ji spoke to, you know uh, uh, came to speak uh, in gorakhpur where premchand was posted at that time in 1921 premchand went to listen to gandhi ji and he was so deeply influenced that after that he resigned from his government job professor nishad says that around the time premchand wanted to do something prominent muslim author khwaja hasan nizami wrote a book called krishna beeti nizami through his works said that the teachings of hindu deities clearly mirrored the message that came from the quran as well so premchand thought that he also should do something to bridge these uh, misunderstandings and as he says in the foreword of the play he says that uh, um, uh, the uh, communal tensions are often based on misunderstandings that the communities have about each other we do not know about our histories and so it is important to educate people about the history of other community about the heroes of other communities he says whenever hindus think of muslims and he 
heroes of Muslims, they only think of Aurangzeb. So he says each community, each society has its own good and bad people, and it is time to educate people. And so Karbala was an effort in that direction. He had published an essay on Hazrat Ali just before he published Karbala. He had also published a short story called Nabi Ka Niti Nirvah, which was directed towards the same goal. So uh, Premchand uh, saw the writing of Karbala as his way of uh, attempting to bridge a gap, a communal misunderstanding that existed between the two communities, and also to uh, you know to educate Hindus about the great heroes of Islam, uh, people who had fought for justice, and it is their uh, moral universe that aligned them to the moral universe of great heroes of any other community. As he says, it is this is a religious play as well as a political play because it has clearly a political objective, which was to achieve communal harmony. So a Hindu author decides to write a play on a significant event in the history of Islam, and he decides to add his own elements in it in the hope of spreading communal harmony. Not surprisingly, everyone did not welcome it with open arms. At the end of the play, Professor Nishat has included a letter Premchand wrote to a leading publication of the time. I asked her about that. After the play, he says he doesn't even quite understand why people think he's such a great writer. He is this larger-than-life figure in literature, but how is he considered as a playwright, and how do you look at this play itself? He's angry in that letter. Mm-hmm. That letter is addressed to Diana Ryan Nigam, mm-hmm. the editor of Zamana. Mm-hmm. Yeah had uh, a series of objections in publishing the play in Urdu. So he says that, you know, forget about my greatness as a writer. I'm a simple writer who just writes things as he sees it in the language of the people. So uh, he says that I'm not a great writer to write in ornate languages. This is a kind of, uh, uh, you know, his attack on the kind of literature that was entertained by Urdu editors at that time. He says, I write about subject matters that concern people. I write in language, which is the language of the people. So I think that's a, that, that shows his anger when he says that more than his modesty. Well, he himself did not really judge him, his own uh, um, uh, effort at writing plays very greatly. And um, he, uh, he, at the same time, he, uh, you know, argued that he wrote these plays because these stories were not conducive to the fiction form or any other form. Because the story demanded the form of, uh, uh, you know, uh, play, and therefore he wrote the, these these uh, plays. And uh, his notion of drama is very different from what we understand uh, drama as. We think that drama is primarily a performative art where performance uh, takes privilege over the text. But Premchand argues that, you know, performance and, um, you know, text, these are two separate existences of uh, of a play. And um, when a play is written for performance, it reduces the uh, importance of the text. And he says that, you know, audience participation is not really uh, to be uh, valued so greatly because in, if that is to be valued and used as a parameter to judge the merit of a play, then Notanki and these forms which have great mass appeal would be judged as great performances or, or plays, not just in this play 
essay, but in his other play, Sangram, you know, there also he argues the same thing that, you know, I'm not writing for performance, but if anyone wants to uh, perform this play, then with some moderations, the play can be performed. So he is very conscious of the fact that he does not have a sense of theatricality. He's writing drama in the text form, not for performance. So, um, you know, um, as a playwright meant for performance, for theatre, for stage, uh, Premsam himself did not have a great opinion about his venture. Uh, and I think we agree with him, you know. <laughs> okay, so it's not the best play written for stage. But as Professor Nishad said, the play was about introducing the idea that Islamic heroes shared values with Hindu ones. There are minor changes that Premchand makes, including making one of Hussein's sons older. But the major change, and the one that Urdu magazines had a problem with, was the creation of a Hindu character who features in a critical part of the story. At least the two major subplots, they are not totally fictional or figments of his imagination. They are also based on some popular versions. For example, he introduces Wahab and Nasima's story. Now, Wahab, uh, in popular retellings, you know, Wahab is... Um, it is told, you know, it is said that Wahab was a Christian who was passing by, you know, when he heard about the plight of the Imam and he decided to side with the Imam and came and joined, uh, you know, forces with the Imam, Wahab al-Qarbi. Uh, uh, Premchand, you know, makes certain changes. Wahab and Nasima are presented as Muslim characters, but then there is some factual basis of this subplot. The second subplot is more important in terms of its instrumentality in uh, uh, um, in achieving the political objective with which Premchand wrote the play, uh, which is the introduction of Sahasraya. Right? Sahasraya, I mean, again, it is based on popular perception, popular stories, and some even argue that this is historically correct. For Mohiyal Brahmins, the community still exists. On my Facebook page, many Mohiyal Brahmins wrote to me that I also uh, belong to this category degree of um you know, uh, that the Brahmins. They are called Husani Brahmins. Now, Sahasraya belongs to one such, you know, category, belongs to this category. Sahasraya is presented as a, uh, as a descendant of Ashwatthama, a practicing Hindu who is living in a village in Arabia, uh, who is completing his penance and he's hoping to return to India after the completion of his penance. And as they are introduced, the characters are introduced, right at that point, you know, as I have mentioned in my introduction also, the entire scenario changes and you feel it's like any other village in North India, right? There's a river flowing, there's a tree and there is a havan going on and he's singing song in praise of his religion, his faith and his India uh, in chaste Hindi. So uh, Sahasraya and his brothers are presented as figures who believe in justice, in moral virtue. So even before Hussein is referred to in the story of Sahasraya. Sahasraya's moral universe aligns him with the moral universe of Imam Hussain. And then when Sahasraya hears about, you know, the events that have unfolded, he immediately decides to join Imam Hussain. So obviously this, this uh, subplot is extremely important in terms of helping, uh, you know, Premchand achieve uh, the... Um, 
the political objective of uh, forging the uh, you know the idea of nation which is not based on territorial boundaries the idea of nation which is based on ideals on morality on moral virtues right and that is the reason why uh, after uh, you know sahasrai goes to the battlefield and he uh, he is martyred uh, uh, abbas brother of imam husain he says that i didn't know that islam exists outside the fold of islam these are better muslims and then the imam decides to you know uh, to uh, perform the last rites uh, of sahasrai and his brothers as per hindu rituals that is uh, done by by premchand to put forward the point that what is important is not amalgamation of the other what is important is to respect the other and mutual respect is what will take us far there is a third um subplot also where a sadhu appears from india he is on a pilgrimage and one of the pilgrimage sites is the grave of the prophet and uh, on the way he finds imam husain and he asks him uh, he says that i am i'm i'm going to do darshan of uh, uh, you know the grave of this great man and at that time imam says that i didn't know now my faith in my grandfather's virtues is further reaffirmed so it further prepares the imam to face his death character of sahasrai and his four brothers make this very fleeting appearance initially and then suddenly in this very critical portion of the story but wouldn't that be like a major insertion of character into a very religious thing isn't that a, a problem also in some ways how was that viewed because you are mm-hmm. fundamentally messing with the the core of a story in some ways right if you uh, read the letters that i have included at the end of the play there were objections to it and uh, premchand was very upset with those objections he says if hindus have objections to the fact that their ancestors went and helped a righteous man at uh, the time when he needed it then shame on them if muslims have objections that their ancestors received help from uh, the faithful person of some other community then shame on them right he says i don't care about it as but at the same time premchand was also very pragmatic so he kept also referring to the fact that this is not totally a figment of his imagination he has used few facts which are available to build it into a kind of fictional element it was to uh, to uh, reinforce the uh, moral aspect of religion and to reinforce the fact that religion is not just about rituals religion is about having faith in uh, you know uh, uh, moral values uh, and then when once you follow religion on the basis of the its moral universe then you will have respect for all religions uh, which uh, profess the same moral virtues and same moral values So obviously when the Urdu publications and critics of the time ignored the play over the liberties he'd taken Premchand was furious Premchand was annoyed furious when he read these about these objections first was that you know there are uh, departures from facts and at that point Premchand says that historical drama and history are not same things these two are separate and we must understand that so while the main frame is not disturbed uh, a literary writer is free to take certain liberties and that is what i have taken then the second objection was that after all yazid was a muslim 
and so why to paint him in such negative light this made uh, this made uh, premchand very furious he says that you know uh, i have only uh, presented facts he used to drink and everybody knows about it all islamic sources have written about it he was a debauched king and every every islamic source talks about it so how am i wrong so he says that if you want to call hazrat azid you know you go ahead i will not do that all right so that in a way is also indicative of the uh, the uh, inner conflict within islam premchand was aghast to see how the grandson of the prophet of a religious community could be killed by the followers of that community within a span of 60 years so uh, he was aghast the people who killed the imam in the battle were all muslims they also read quran they also believed in the authority of quran they also uh, you know uh, uh, said their prayers five times a day they, so they were all muslims uh, holding quran in their hands so that is the point that karbala uh, um, you know makes us realize the gap between rituals and uh, the spirit of religion which is the moral fabric of religion that was completely shattered completely eroded under yazid professor nishad said that premchand's conviction came from his strong belief in the political movements of that time so that meant all these objections from various groups were simply shrugged off Premchand was very firm in his belief in secularism in mm. Gandhian nationalism and he never bothered about you know objections or possible objections and uh, not just objections from the muslim community but also objections from his own community so every single aspect in uh, you know uh, in in public discourse that he had objections to he wrote about it when all this shuddhi and other these movement was going on he he wrote qaitul rijal and he said which actually made him an object of great criticism but he never really bothered about it before getting it published he didn't to the editor that once you once you publish it all hell will broke, break loose and the same thing did happen so he was never really bothered about these things i he, he was very courageous in terms of what he was doing and his faith in what he was doing so the play was written almost exactly 100 years ago It was ignored by Urdu magazines of the time. It's not exactly a great play for the stage. It was never translated into English, which Professor Nishad says is hardly surprising. Most of Premchand's works were not translated into English until decades after they were written. So why did she decide to translate Karbala? I found the play extremely interesting and I found uh, a lot of things that Premchand is doing in the play and saying about the play um, you know extremely fascinating you know when you read Idga you read all these writings of Premchand and you treat him as a kind of good storyteller fascinating storyteller but not so politically and intellectually sophisticated thinker so, but but when you read play you know this play a lot of things that he's doing he's arguing with his opponents you know you you get to see the intellectual greatness of premchand i felt that uh, karbala is uh, you know is a chance you know translating karbala would give me a chance to bring about to uh, bring forth uh, the intellectual caliber of uh, of premchand and what he was trying to achieve i mean he was so much ahead of his time in trying to achieve uh, you know uh, this transnational notion of nation which is beyond territories which exists beyond uh, religious rituals so 
all these things you know they they present a certain conception of religion and a certain conception of nation which i think was uh, far far ahead of his time do you think someone of his stature would be as brave now i i would say yes because the times that he lived in uh, uh, were were uh, were no less violent were no less uh, chaotic uh, and still he had the courage and the moral strength to do that i think gandhi's example that he had ahead of him gave strength to all intellectuals like him to to not bother about personal losses and do things so i i'm sure uh, people like him would do it even today Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at typodcast@timesinternet.in.